know what? We do. It, it never gets tiring seeing new hands each and every week. There we go. I told you we're going to have some of that today, and I'm okay with that. But it's exciting to know that people are here. In fact, if you came for the first time last week on Christmas Sunday, and you came back again with us here today, we're not going to make you raise your hand again, but we are so excited again that you have chosen to come and see what's going on here at our church and just to find out what is happening at Downey First Christian. And so uh, you saw, hopefully on the video up there a few minutes ago, just kind of our new introduction to a series that we're going through that's just called Connections. You know, life is better together. We're starting this new series, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how do we get connected, why should we get connected, that we were all created to be connected, and why God wants that for us. Now, some of you may think, that being connected isn't maybe all that grand. How many of you remember a character named Shrek? Yeah, okay. How many times do you get to go to church and see Shrek up on the screen behind you there? <clears throat> if you remember Shrek, and if you don't know it, he's not real, okay? Just so you guys know. Um, Shrek really is this mean, green, ugly ogre that in the beginning part, spoiler alert, it's a 20-year-old video, but if you don't know this, he believes that life is better when it's lived alone. And so you can see he's putting up the do not disturb, the stay out, beware of ogre signs everywhere. But as you know, when you go through the movie, he comes to the conclusion that connections are good and that life is better with people around And so we want to encourage you through this series on connections to think about that because maybe you have Maybe you don't look like that. I, I understand that. But maybe you do feel sometimes like, I'd rather be alone. I don't like getting connected. Or maybe I've never done the connection thing. Or maybe I did, but I got burned by it once before, and so I'm not going back to it. Look, all those things sometimes happen. I wish they didn't, but they do. But I want to encourage you, if you would, to go ahead and take a chance to get connected through these things we're calling growth groups. And those are going to start in three more weeks. You're going to find out how to sign up beginning next week. We're going to talk about that more. But just know that growth groups are a way for you to get connected. And in the story here, you find out that Shrek found new friends like Mr. Donkey, Gingerbread Man. You might even go and find your own Fiona. Or you might find your own Shrek. Who knows? But that happens in community. That happens when you're connected. It happens when you are together. And so I want to encourage you to not be like Shrek. Get out of the swamp and get into a group. Because those are all starting up soon at the end of this month. And again, for this sermon series, we're going to go through and use two primary passages. One found in Matthew chapter 22. Another one is found in Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to use those as a scriptural reference for launching forward into this series on connections. Our churches use these passages that you're going to hear today and next week and the following week to come up with really our, our church mission statement or kind of what we want to be doing, uh, our, our purpose and why we exist and the process of how we go about accomplishing these things. You've heard it before. You, we've talked about it. You'll see it up on the screen. You'll actually find it if you open up your sermon notes. It's printed right there above the word connections. It simply says that our mission is to transform ourselves, our homes, our community, and our world by loving God, loving people, and serving the world. That statement is printed, again, right there. It's in simplified version on the, on the front part of your bulletin. You see that. Normally, when we don't have the Christmas decorations up in here, you'll see it hanging from the walls inside here, and you hear it preached from the pulpit. 
It's something we talk about all the time. Love God, love people, serve the world. So we're going to look at these ideas here. We're going to look at the scripture. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you, go ahead if you would, find Matthew 22. But I want you also to find Deuteronomy, that's in the Old Testament, chapter 6. And put a, a finger there or a marker there, because we're going to go back to that in a few moments. But Deuteronomy chapter 6, but then start in the New Testament in Matthew 22 as we move forward here. Now, I was having a couple of conversations, two that I can think of this last week. The calendar just reminded me of this. So how many of you remember what you were doing approximately 20 years ago right now, today, or the next couple of days? You're like, two days ago, maybe. 20 years ago, no way. 20 years ago, because of technology experts and media outlets and marketing agencies, most of us were frantically running to the stores and stocking up on food we were backing up our information. We were going to the bank and withdrawing all of our money and figuring out where we were going to keep that $200 at home, I'm sure. Because we knew that the Y2K bug was about possibly to hit. Remember that scare? How many of you remember the Y2K bug? Now, that, that was 20 years ago. Don't tell me you don't have long-term memory. You do. But that was, that was crazy. We thought... Some, some very smart people may have known differently, but most of us common folks thought the 21st century is going to hit, our calendar was going to change, the digital calendar into the year 2000, and we weren't going to be in the 21st century. Somehow, none of our stuff from the past was going to make it forward with us, or if so, it was going to be all jumbled. Or at least that's kind of the confusion that most of us had. But we didn't really deal with that. And thanks again, a lot of smart people and some wise programmers and some good counsel, we were able to stay connected with technology. Now we're here, we're here today. And we're talking about another connection issue. This one's been a real problem for much longer than 20 years and has the potential to be a problem for the rest of all of humanity. It's this idea that we want to be connected, but we don't always know how to be connected. Or maybe we haven't understood what Scripture is talking about there. But we don't have to worry about it because as we're on the verge of, again, another year or another decade, God isn't going to allow us to be disconnected because we don't know how to stay connected. He might allow us to because of our own poor choices, but Scripture tells us how to stay connected there. I want us to read, if we would, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, what's called the great commandment. In some of your Bibles, it says that right there as a heading. If you've got your Bibles, just look there, beginning of verse 34, and reading on. This is what Jesus had said when people were asking him questions. He basically says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. Teacher... Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, let me set the scene for you here. Because this wasn't just like a little game of trivial pursuit that was going on. That's not the kind of testing that was happening here. Jesus was in Jerusalem 
Just he, he was in the middle of Passion Week as we know it. Just a couple days earlier, he rode into town with the, the, the triumph and the, and the praises of the people. And in just a couple more days, he was going to hang on a cross and, and die. So he's in the middle of that week. And there was a lot that's going on, but he was just getting grilled left and right by these um, religious groups. The people, the crowds loved Jesus, but the religious elite did not. He was going against a lot of the things that they were talking about and saying and what they believed. And so you had this whole line of questioning coming from the opposition. You had the chief priests, you had the scribes, the Herodians, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Go back and look for a couple chapters beforehand. It was just question after question after question, and Jesus kept giving a response. Not like, hey, I can answer that one. Just, I'm sure he was getting ready to go on and do something else, and they just said, oh, something else here. And when one of the groups struck out, another one stood up. And when another one struck out, another one stood up. And here it says that the Sadducees, they were just answered. And so the Pharisees, they probably already had a shot at it. So they grabbed a, an educated person, probably a scribe, one of their lawyers, and said, you know what, go and ask them this question. And they knew that this was the question that Jesus was going to stumble on. This was the one that Jesus was going to not have the correct answer on. Because with all of these groups that are there, you need to understand in the Old Testament, there were 613 different laws that you were supposed to abide by if you were really good. You're supposed to follow these things. Like nobody could keep them all straight. But of 613 laws, they all, all these different groups kind of had their, their pet law, if you want to put it that way. They had all the things that they thought was the top thing that you ought to do and the things that you ought to believe in and some of the things that maybe you don't need to worry about so much because they all elevated certain things to different levels okay so there was no way Jesus was going to be able to answer them with the correct answer somebody in that group was going to say eh, time to die because that's what they were after they were ready to kill him so they decided to set aside their disdain for one another they decided to join forces, mutually adopt this idea of an enemy of my enemy is now my friend. That's what these groups did. They hated each other, but yet they came together to put Jesus down. And so that's what took place right here. And so Jesus had this no-win question thrown at him. In a minute, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Because we have kids here today, I wanted to stop and go back for a minute and I wanted to share with you. I don't know, how many of you growing up, or maybe even just over Christmas if you did this, how many of you ever like sit down and, and look at the, the old drawings, the dot-to-dot drawings? You know, where you connect the dots and you make pictures. Anybody enjoy doing those and coloring? There, there's something mesmerizing about it. Like, the first thing you do is you sit there and you look at that thing and you see the dots out there and you're like trying to squint, look at it like... I think I got this figured out before you even connect the dots, right? You try to do that. And, but then as the, the, as the diagram or the picture gets a little more difficult than just a star, you sit there and start thinking, okay, I, I can't really do that. I have to start connecting the dots. And then as you connect the dots, the picture comes into focus and you understand what's there. And it's always fun. It's just always amazing to be able to do that. Well, in, in, in a like manner. A lot of times we go to church and we've gone to church our whole entire lives, many of us, and, and we've gone to church and 
and there's been lots of dots that we've picked up here and there. We hear different messages and we hear different things that are taught. We read different things. We sing different things. We have all sorts of bits of information. But when you sit down and kind of put them in on a paper, sometimes they just look like a bunch of dots. They don't always make some sense in there. And so what I want to be able to do with this today and with Jesus's answer that we're going to look at here is really just connect the dots so that we can have that connection with God that we desire, the one that we're talking about here today. It's not really a difficult picture to look at, but people were trying to make it out to be a difficult connect the dot picture. And Jesus sits there and says, let me take care of this for you. Let me just go ahead and make this as simple as possible. And so for a few minutes, I just want to tell you a little bit about some, some biblical ideas to help you develop this connection with God and, and watch as Jesus just connects some of the dots for the Jews that were sitting there trying to trip him up. And then really for us, as I share with you, ways to connect it so that we can be connected to God. One of the first things I think that we need to understand is this. If we want to be connected to God, we need to love God more. We just need to love him as much as we can. It, it, I know if I asked you to raise your hand in here, if you had somebody in your life you loved, everybody would raise their hand. We all would. You know, do you love your mom, your dad, your, your wife, your, your children, your grandparents, your grandkids, whatever it is, do you love them? Of course you'd raise your hand. And, and then sometimes, you know, one of the questions you could follow up there is, well then, how often do you stay in contact with them? How often do you see them or talk to them or share with them? I know for me, my mom is out from Arizona this week. It, it's easier for me to connect with her right now than when she is in Arizona. I know Francis just got back yesterday even for visiting his fam family. What country was it? Alabama? <laughs> Alabama, the other country. He was there visiting in that foreign country uh, and his family. He got back to America here on the West Coast and he was okay. Just, it's hard sometimes when there's space. But we can call, we can talk, we can Skype, we can FaceTime, we can do all those things. But the truth is, when you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. Because if you truly love them, you want to see them, you want to talk to them, you want to listen to them, you just want to be around them. And so Jesus was asked this question. What is the most important question, uh, the most important commandment of them all? And you can see when you look up on the screen, what Jesus gives them is an answer. He quotes from them, Back in Deuteronomy chapter 4, or chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. If you want, flip back in your Bible there. That's where I told you. But Jesus quotes most of what we read here in these two verses. Just says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. I'm sure again... These guys were thinking, okay, lots to choose from. Jesus is going to have to make this really deep and theological and, and really complicated. And I'm sure Jesus is thinking, I'm just going to make this as simple as possible for everybody. Love the Lord your God with everything. Period. If you put it that way. That's really what Jesus said. And see, the thing is, everybody there would have went, oh, I got it. Because what he said to them wasn't new. They all knew this part right here. The reason I put both verses there, if you go back to the Old Testament, this was something that the Jews would have known as uh, Shema. We were talking this week about some things, and I believe, Marcos, was this what it was you were trying to tell me was Shema? <laughs> he was trying to say it in his Spanglish, and so it wasn't really working well for me, but we looked it up, and he told me what it is, but Shema. 
We know what Shema is when we go back and study scripture. It's really this morning and evening prayer that the, the, the Jews would give up to God, acknowledging that God is their God, the one and only God. And because we believe that, we are going to, as it said in there, love God with everything. It was a reminder prayer for them twice a day. And so I'm sure he could have just said, oh, the, the, the most important commandment, Shema. And they all would have gone. <laughs> but he said it and he told them, but they would have all understood this because that is the way that you connect. Now, see, when it says going back in there to listen, listen, O Israel, or hear, O Israel, Shema really has a deeper meaning when it's used in context with, with God here, when we're looking at that particular word. Shema doesn't just mean hear, like sound waves traveling into your ears. I heard. Shema takes it deeper and says, I not only hear and listen, I acknowledge and I respond. Now I know right away most wives are writing this down, so they're like, dude, I'm going to Shema with my husband next time I ask him for a favor. Because how many times does somebody say something to someone, and then later you're like, did you hear me? We're like, yes, I heard you. I heard you say blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, you didn't hear me, because if you heard me, you would have done something about it. That's what we say all the time. We don't just say, did you hear me? What we're saying is, did you hear me? Did you really listen to the words that I just said? If you listened to what I said, you would do something about it. Shema. It's more than just, I heard something bouncing off my eardrums. It's acknowledging it. It's responding to it. And Jesus says that the most basic law, the most important law, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Just love him with everything. Why? Because he is your God. He is our one God. As a result, love him with everything. So we need to learn to love God more. We need to spend that time with him. Because we love him, do things with everything in you to love God more. Find times and ways to do things and to connect with him when you can. Second biblical idea to help you connect with God is to just say, we need to learn more about God. I mean, there, there's a sense that there's more to God than what we even already know. And I know, like most of us, we wake up every day and I'm thinking, I know a lot already. And if I am honest with myself and I'm honest with myself and I'm open to this idea, I can learn something new each and every day of my life, even the older I get. Every time you read, how many of you truly know that every time you read the Bible, how many of you feel like you find something or learn something new? Anybody in here? It is amazing. It's like, did they add that part? No, they didn't add that part. <laughs> My eyes just open to it, or I realized it, or I saw it, or whatever it was. When it says we learn more about God, listen to the passage of Scripture further down in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. If you read in that Old Testament, it just says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Like the scripture was saying, take this seriously. If you want to know more about God, then be proactive. Talk more about God. Read more about God. Share more about God. Understand more about God. 
We live in a day and age where <clears throat> with our technology, it would be very easy to claim that we go to church and never set foot in a building with other worshipers. We, we can actually watch things. And I'm not saying that's not a way to, to, to worship God, but it's not a way to be able to come together in a community. But we have spent, many of us, our lifetimes, if we're not careful, learning everything we know about God from the sermon, from the Sunday school teacher, from the podcast, from the music we sing, from the devotion you read today, from the discussion you had. And those are all good and they should be in there, but it shouldn't take the place of you and I sitting down and reading through God's word ourselves to understand it. We shouldn't just say, let other people feed me. I'm not going to do this today, but years ago when I was a youth minister, I sat there and I had a lesson and I prepped my leaders, my adult leaders in the room, because I did not want them scratching their head and booing me off stage. But I sat there and I did a lesson around Christmas time and I made up a whole lot of facts about the Christmas story to junior hires. And you should have seen them like, ooh, that part of the, I never heard that part of the story. Let me go home and tell people about that part of the story. And whatever it was, and it wasn't until I got to the very end and I just went, how many of you guys like the story? How many of you guys have never heard of that stuff before? That's because it wasn't in the Bible. I had to tell them I made most of that up. And they were really, truly disappointed. Like, how could you do that to me? Well, how could you sit there and nod your head? Yes, you didn't know. Read and understand and know. And I had fun with them. Then I had to go back and tell the story the right way, which is not easy to do after you've already had embellished it and made it look something else. But, but we want to make sure we're doing that. Don't just trust other people to tell you everything. Investigate it yourself. We need to know somebody personally to be able to love them to the extent that we really truly want to. Now, one or two of the ways that you can do this are through prayer and Bible study. And I want to encourage you to do that. Prayer is simply, as what most of you know it means, it's a dialogue between you and God. And hear me, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. How many times I've done this before, I've sat down and I've told God everything he needs to know. Amen. And then I walk away. That's a monologue. A dialogue is letting God speak back to me at that moment, in that time, in my reading of scripture, through other people. If it's going to be prayer, it's a dialogue, two-way street. I need to be able to listen as I also share, just like you would with a family member, a parent, a child, or anything else. The other thing you want to do is just to say that we need to uh, have study and we need to look at uh, study time as a way to get into God's word, finding time to get into God's word. And I, and I know sometimes we say, but I'm busy. I don't have the time. And the truth is, I'm a busy individual too. I'm a, a sports fan. My cup full of hot tea and lemon sitting over here. It happens to be a USC cup here today. I'm a local sports guy. I'm a Dodgers fan, Lakers fan, Rams fan, USC fan, Kings fan. I mean, I like most of the, the teams here locally. And I enjoy watching the games. I just don't have the time to sit down and watch most every game on TV anymore. I'm busy. 
So I tape it, thankfully, and then I sit down late at night or after everybody's gone to bed or after Sunday sermons are done, I can sit down and I can zip through the game and I can cut out the commercials. I can reduce down all the, the, the dead time, dead air time, and watch the highlights and see the game, and, and it, it fills the need that I have. I don't have time for three to four hours to sit down and just watch a game. However, <laughs> if one of you came up and said, I got some free tickets for you today, Mark, <laughs> for the Dodger game, maybe not the Rams game today, for the Laker game, for a USC game or whatever, I would say, let me check my calendar. Oh, I can go. I've got six hours open. When I didn't, because you guys know what happened, we choose to make time available. We all have the same 24 hours in this day, but we have been given the ability to choose how we use that time. And so when we say we don't have time, what we're saying is maybe what you're telling me right now isn't important enough, and we need to change that. You're gonna hear about a 21-day challenge of prayer and fasting coming up soon. I wanna encourage you just to look at that as a way to find time that maybe you didn't have now, but you will in the month of January to do some more prayer and study as we pray and fast. The third thing is very short, but it's the last one I want you guys to know about, and that is we need to live more like the way God wants us to live if we're going to connect with God. Not just come up with our own idea of what that should look like. God has a way, and God already has a plan, not just, hey, what is it that I want to come up with? Deuteronomy 6.17, again, just says, you must diligently obey the commands of the Lord, your God. All the stipulations and laws he has given you. And I'm not saying this to beat anybody up, but I'm just saying, sometimes when people say, come up with a plan, we go, okay, let me come up with my own. God's already got one for us. We've got scripture, we've got God's word, we've got the laws, we've got the prophets, we've got the church, we have everything around us already to support that system. We just need to pay attention to it and listen to it. John 14, 15, Jesus says in the New Testament, if you love me, obey my commandments. And in 14, 21, those who obey my commandments are the ones who love me. There's a connection between obedience and showing our love. Every parent would tell that to their child. And our Heavenly Father is telling us as his spiritual children the same thing. Obedience is how you show love to me. Look, the whole goal of this series is to be connected. Today, specifically, connected to God. Learning to love God. We do that together corporately on a Sunday morning in service. But I want you to know that in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about, again, how do we do that with people? How do we serve the world? How do we get connected and, and be in a connection? Because life is better together than it is just by ourselves. But we needed to start with the most important connection of all. The connection I have and you have with God above. Please, if you would, bow your heads. Let me just close this in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you again so very much for today. And the fact that we have an opportunity to come in here and just talk about being connected to you as we get ready to close out this message and this service and this month and this year. Help us to take that seriously as we move forward into this whole series about connections. Lord, we love you. We thank you for giving us this opportunity to learn from Scripture here today. In your son's name I pray. Amen.